All right, let's learn some Torah over here. We're up to Dafvav uh, in Psachim. Dafvav Amar Aleph. We're up to the words Bomine Meirava. It is four lines from the top of the page. On Dafvav Amar Aleph. Bomine Meirava. That's the question searching for information from Rava. Behemas Arnuna. When you have an animal that you need to pay Arnona on, you got to pay tax to the government. Is there a chiyav bechar or not? We know the firstborn animal um, of a yid becomes kadosh. Um, what if this animal, though, is taken by the government? So does it have kedushas bechar or not? When the when the the government has has access to ten percent, maybe it's going to remove kedushas bechar from the entire group of animals. Now, says the Gemara, let's explain. Whenever you can pay off the taxes with money instead of the animal, that's simple, it's going to be chayv. Okay? Because you, the Yid still owns the animals. The government can take money instead of it. So you're still, that animal, the, 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 we're still going to be dealing with Kedusha's Bechor. Where that's not what, there's no other option. You gotta pay with the animals. my what is the halacha? Omar Luhu Petura. He says there's no kedushas bechar. I have a tanya chayeves, but we learned your chayeves. And for the Gemara, hotsam demotzi misalikle. Where do we say that you're going to be mechayev? That's when. Um, you can pay with money instead of the animal. Since you can pay with money, so the government has no ownership over the animal. However, when that's not an option, then the Kedushas Bechar remains inside the group of animals. Okay, Ikeda Amri. Now, those who learn this discussion a little bit different, Amar Rava. Rava says, Behemas Arnuna Petuna Mena An animal of Arnuna is put, uh, for taxes is Pater from Bechar for those just joining us. We're at the beginning of the line, about 12 lines from the top of Vav HaMadhalif. And even if you can pay with money instead of the animals, we're still going, uh, the dough that you need to give taxes on as well is still going to be Chayav and Chala. And this is true even if um, you... Uh, the only thing that you that you can do is pay off with chala. My time, behema is like because animals have a coil. It's public; people know about it. Isa less like and uh, doe do, uh, has no coil. So, what's the nafkamin over here? So, the mafarshim explain as follows: We know that any time there's a non-Jew who has a shutfis, has a partnership in chala. There's not going to be a chiyav chala. Chiyav chala is only when a yid owns the chala. However, um, other people may not know. Let's say you have a Jewish uh, bakery owner, and he's got a non-Jewish partner. Somebody else looking on may not realize that the reason why the chala is not being taken is because there's a, uh, there's a non-Jew involved. And therefore, the chachamim say that even in such a scenario where you have partnership with a non-Jew, Chala should be taken. Okay? So uh, you got to make sure that, 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 that's, uh, that you're covering your bases when it comes to chala because people can make a choice. When it comes to animals, however, 
people know that animals, everybody's got to pay taxes on animals, and everybody, it's much more known, and they're not going to come to any sort of marasayan, they're not going to come to any sort of uh, mistakes, where it looks like I'm doing an Avera. Period, end of the Gemara, we're now up to the two dots, Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we, about 15 lines from the top of Daf Vav Amaralf. Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, so should we. You have a guy who goes into the chatzer of a Yisrael and he's holding chametz. He's holding dough in his hand. The halacha is the yid does not need to destroy it. So you have a, 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 a light bust in your house. All right, We're not talking about a simple light bulb change, even though some people can't do that either. Something busts and you need it for the Tzayrach Yom Tif, so you have somebody over on Pesach, you have a non-Jew come over to quickly fix something up. Um, or And then the, the guy walks in and he's holding a sandwich. Do you have to say, please leave your sandwich outside my property? The Allah is, no, it's okay. You're allowed to see chametz that's owned by a guy. Okay? Hefkei dai etzlai. Let's say the guy made it as a pekadim. He made it as a deposit. To the yid, zakuk levair. Then you're obligated to burn it. Now recognize to destroy it. Recognize that we learned previously. However, the only time you're zakuk levair, the only time you're obligated to destroy a deposit, if it's a type of deposit that you have achrayis on, if you have a responsibility on it, that gives you some epis, some sort of ownership on it. Yichad bias. Let's say the yid sets aside room in his home for the guy to keep his chametz. He says, listen, you keep your stuff over there, don't take it out. Ain't zokok levar. You're allowed to do that. You have no obligation to destroy it. It says, should it be found? Guess what? It's not found. The guy put it aside. It's, that's going to be like his his makam, his place. And I call besed. Praktigamara maika amar. What does the brisa mean when it says that you have to get, you have to destroy the chametz, and um, and at, at the same time we say that you're not obligated, you're not, you have no responsibility to destroy it. You're dancing at two chasdas. It's going on the first part of the statement. If a guy makes it as a pekadon to the yid, then the yid is obligated to destroy it. Ravashi says, Really, the Shanemar Lahimatz is going to Seifa, dealing with the case where you set aside a room for the guy, Yichad Lebayas. If a Yid sets aside a room for Chametz, Ein Zokok Levar, he's not, obligated to, he's not obligated to destroy the Chametz of the guy. Shanemar Lahimatz, it shouldn't be found in your home, and it's not considered your home because you, you were never Makabal Achrayas. You set aside a room, you said, hey, you keep it over there, that's got nothing to do with me. It's like I'm giving it uh, his own, it's like he's putting it in his own part of the house. Says the Gemara, what? Are you telling me that it's not your house anymore? When you give a guy a location to keep his chametz in a house that you own, it's not considered yours, it's considered his now? We learned in the Mishnah. Even in a situation where the Chum allow me to rent out my things to a non-Jew, they said, oh, you got to make sure you don't rent out your house to a guy who's going to start bringing in his, uh, his gachkas. He's bringing in his idols. 
person is not allowed to do that, but why can't I be allowed to do that? If giving a space to a guy makes it his and not mine, so let him do that. What I these are guys that this here is Kanya, and if you're going to say that renting something does make it does allow him to be kind of it, kikama ayol. So when he brings the house, the base is enough shekam ayol. He's bringing his own house. Why is it what's my cheshman? What do I have to do with this? Nothing. And for the Gemara, shani hacha. Over there, it's different because the Afke Rachmanim Iloshin Loyimotze. The Torah is mapping it from the Loshin of Loyimotze, which means Misha Motzui Biyodcha Yotzeze Sheinoi Motzui Biyodcha. Fine, Avoy Deskechavim, you're not allowed to do it. You can't. You can't allow somebody to bring an idol onto a property that you ultimately own. However, since the Torah by Chomet says Loyimotze, that it's not allowed to be even found by you, we're adding in over here, which means that over here it's okay, because it's not found in your hand. It's not found by you. You own the house, but it's not your hand. The hand means that like I have some sort of uh, connection with this, some ownership over it. I can, I can pick it up. I'm not even allowed to touch it. I'm not going to touch this thing. It's not going to do with my hands. I set it aside. I told him to put it aside in his room, and therefore specifically by Chomets, it's going to be allowed to tell Let's say you have a nanny who comes for Pesach and she's living in the house. You're allowed to tell, you know, that's going to be your place. You keep uh, your stuff in that part of the house and I call Besef. I'm reviewed my Rav. You says the name of Rav. A person finds Chomets in his house on Yom Tiv. Cover it over with a vessel. You're sitting down at the Pesach Seder and all of a sudden like, Ivey. I'm wearing my wrong suit jacket. It doesn't match my pants. So you go to your room and you go quickly switch your jacket. And you put your hands in your pocket. And there is a schnooks donut. Oy What's going to be? That's the donut I was hiding that I didn't want, uh, I didn't want my, you know, I didn't want my family to see it. Otherwise they're going to, you know, they're going to tell me I got to watch my weight. So, um, the halacha is you covered over with a vessel. Omar Rav, Rav says, Im shel If the chametz that I find belongs to hektish, then you don't even need to cover it over. My because people know throughout the year that you're not a, that uh, you're, you're not allowed to use it. So, for example, if some, we're much more machmir on Pesach, like Rav Yale said, a uh, number of uh, beginning of, of the Masechta. We're much more machmed on Pesach because we eat chametz the whole year. So on Pesach, we need to be extra specific to stay away because my natural tendencies will be to eat it. Masha'in kein tarfus. You have bacon, which we stay away from year-round. You don't need the same chumrah. I'm not used to reaching over and picking that up anyway. Same thing over here. If something belongs to Hekdesh, you're not allowed to eat it on an average Tuesday either when it's not on Pesach. And therefore, I don't need to be as strict to cover it over, not even see it, because my natural tendency is a way, is is to be separated from that. Okay, and Avuda says the name of Rav. When you have the chametz of a nachri belongs to a guy, you should at least separate it. You don't own it. You don't have a chrayas on it, but at least make some sort of separation. Divide it. Put up a wall. Put up a put up some tape. Yeah. Make sure you don't have access to it. Because either way, you stay away from it, same halach. 
And says the name of Rav. A person who starts traveling um, on a boat, or he's traveling in a with a whole group of people, what's called a caravan. He's going. The bottom line is, you're going on a long trip. If you leave on your trip more than thirty days before Yomtev, before Pesach, you have no chiyuv of beer chametz. You can just leave your house. If it's within thirty days, then you're going to be connected to it to have to destroy it. Okay, and Rashi says the Gemara The Gemara is going to explain to us, uh, you know, why this cutoff is thirty is thirty days prior to Yomtev. Um, just to point out, this, the basic question on this is going to be, before we even discuss the 30 days, why is there ever a possibility of not having to destroy my chametz? If I'm in Eretz Yisrael, and away from my home, it should be my home, yeah? but let's say I'm still living in Galus, and I go to Eretz Yisrael, and it's two months before Pesach, and I go on a three-month trip, don't I still own the chametz on Pesach? I'm in Eretz Yisrael for Pesach. The millers got stuck there for a few months. They didn't know, right? You didn't know how long you're there. All of a sudden, the, 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 the country shuts down. You're not coming home. Because it's more than 30 days, I'm allowed to own chametz on Pesach. What is it? Vosepis. Okay? So the Mepharshim explained that um, when something is so distant from me, and I have zero access to it, it's mamish like I no longer own it. It's not a hefker that anybody can go ahead and take it, but it's, con- it's considered like it's, like it's already destroyed. What destruction does is, is it makes it n- not usable. When I'm at a certain point, when I'm so distant and separated from chametz, and it's not usable, it's, ma- it's like it's already destroyed, okay? But we'll, we'll explain what this uh, 30-day idea is. Zog to Gemara. Omar Abai, Abai says, This is we said within 30 days. You're obligated within 30 days of Pesach, you got to destroy it. You only need to destroy it if you plan on coming home for Pesach. Let's say you plan on staying away. According to Abai, you don't have to uh, destroy it. Omar Le Rava. Rava says to Abai, What do you mean? If you're if you planning to come back for Pesach, you got to get rid of your chametz if you're going to be home. I don't care when you left. Right? What's the difference? I'm going to be home for Pesach. So you're not to, you can't have chametz. El Amarav. Rather, Rava says, no, let me explain Rabbi Yehuda Amarav. Let me explain Rav's statement. This that we say before 30 days prior to Yom Tif. That's only true when you have no, when you have no plans to come back. But if he does plan to come back, even if it's Roshana, you're, you're going to be Zokok you're going to be Mukhoyev to come back, which is Svara. You're going to be home. So, of course, you got to get rid of it. And Rav's being consistent with his own Svara, with his own reasoning. A person who makes his, his home into a storehouse, he says, This is no longer where we're going to keep our mattresses, our pillows, and our couches. This is where I'm going to start keeping my, uh, you know, my stuff. I'm going to start, it's going to be my storehouse. If it's already done prior to Pesach, you have no chiv 
to destroy whatever is in it. If you do within 30 days, you already had a chiyav to destroy everything, and even though you're going to start putting a lot of stuff on top of your previous stuff, top of your previous items, you're still going to have to do beer on everything. Even prior to 30 days, it's only true that you don't need to get rid of the chametz when you have no intent at all of letting it be seen of letting it come around and be noticeable on Pesach. But let's say I do put my stuff there 60 days before Pesach. I place my things there 60 days before Pesach. And I have my apples, my oranges, my whatever, everything that I'm allowed to have on Pesach. And underneath it, there's some chametz uh, stuff. So the Gemara right now is saying like this. Rava is, is saying like this. If my intention is that the, the items on bottom that are chametz will never be seen on Pesach. It's Pesach, as long as I've done it more than 30 days before Pesach. However, what if I turn it into a storehouse 60 days before Pesach? And I have no intention on any chametz items that are on the bottom being uncovered on Pesach. I don't need to get rid of it. However... If I do intend for it to be noticeable, I do need to get rid of the chametz. Even if I turned it into a storehouse three months before Pesach. If this, if this chametz ever has a chance or even a plan of being noticed, I'm going to have to destroy it. Okay? Beautiful. That was what we just explained. Now the Gemara is going to end off with a quick question about the 30 days. What's the significance of 30 days? Why 30 days? We said, oh, if you set out on your trip 30 days before Yom Tif, and you have no plans to return and Rabba's whole explanation over here. What's 30 days? What does 30 days accomplish? The Gemara says, Kedetanya, like we learned in the Pesach, 30 days prior to a Yom Tif, you're obligated to start getting involved and darshaning the halachas, and it's, it's as if, like, uh, Yom Tov's already in the air, right? Kaviyochel, Yerushalayim, yeah? Before Purim, Hanukkah, Pesach, I mean, yeah, 30 days, it's already like Yom Tov already, 30 days before Yom Tov. Right? Everything's out in the street, everybody's getting ready. says, 14 days is enough. All right, so Rav Gamliel, the Tana is arguing on this, Beseder, but the Tanakama is of the opinion that 30 days... Uh, you have the chiyav to start learning the halachas. Therefore, I'm already connected to Pesach. And Mamela, that's going to be the time frame to be obligated to get rid of my chametz, even if I'm going on an extended trip. Period. End of that machlekes. Now we're going to explain the machlekes. Let's explain. The third, we said either it's 30 days, you got to start learning the halachas of Pesach or any umtif, or is it 14 days, which was the Tanakam? My time of the Tanakam. What is, I'm sorry, just that, the 14 days was Rishimming Amlil, I'm sorry. 30 days Lafi the Tanakam, you learn the Allahis, and 14 days Lafi Rishimming Amlil. My time of the Tanakam. What is the Svara for the Tanakam? We now turn to Daf Vav Amud Bez, get into some fascinating uh, Agatha Gemaras, and we're going to learn a lot about Taira here as well.
Shari Maisha Beno Emir Vipesach Risha in Maisha Rabbeinu was on first day of uh, the first time we brought the carbon Pesach. Maisha Rabbeinu stood there by the first carbon Pesach. Umazir Pesach Sheni. And he let us know the halachis about Pesach Sheni. That anybody who's Tomei or didn't have an opportunity because of an oinus to bring the Karim Pesach now, you should know there's going to be another opportunity in 30 days from now. Shenemar, Vayaswas HaPesach Barishon, Uksiv, Vayihanosh, Vashayu Tmeim L'Nefesh Odom. See here, Maishra Rabbeinu on the 14th day of Nisan, taught them the halacha of Pesach Sheni for the 14th day of Iyar. How many days before Pesach Sheni did Maisha Rabbeinu tell Kla Yisrael about Pesach Sheni? 30 days. He stood on Pesach Rishon and spoke about Pesach Sheni. So you think 30 days before a Yom Tif is when you give over, you, you start involving yourself in the information. Rav Shemim Amliyol, Amar Lach, Rav Shemim Amliyol will say to you, Aidi da Aihi b'mili de Pischo, no. There's no raya from there because Maisha Rabbeinu anyway was involved in the Hilchas Pesach. So Masi Lulachomi Lulipischa, he was learning about Hilchas Pesach on Pesach. Said, so why do you talk about Pesach Sheni? Because Pesach Sheni is related to Pesach. See, he's going, he's giving an overview. But you can't bring a proof from that one instance that forever and ever, never, 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 you got to learn that Lachas thirty days before. No, Shingomiel disagrees with that being a proper source. Okay. Now, so why does Rishim Gamliel say 14 days? We gave a svara why he argues on the Tanakama holding 30, but where does he get 14 days from? All right, so here we go. My time with Rishim Gamliel. What is the logic of Rabbi Shem Gamliel? Efrit the Gemar, Shari Maishai made Baraish Chaydish. Maishai Rabbeinu stood on Rish Chaydish, Umazir ala Pesach, and he started teaching us about the carbon Pesach. On Rosh Chodesh Nisan, he taught us halachas about Pesach, the carbon Pesach, which is the 14th day of Nisan. Shenamar Chodesh Hazel, Lochem, Rosh Chodesh Muxib Darbul, Adas Bnei Yisrael Emor. Peso, Lochodesh Hazayi Vichula, Mishela Beisavois. So you see, the Mashmina was talking on the first day of Nisan. Practically, Mara Memai Debereshi Archukai. Who says it's Rosh Chodesh? When we say the beginning, who says Rosh Chodesh? Who's the beginning of Nisan? Maybe it's later on in the month. Who says? All it says is in the first month. It doesn't say on the first of the month. Look at the Pasuk. This month is Rosh Chodeshim. Okay, so I know I'm in Nisan. Maybe he was talking to him on the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. You don't know. Yeah? And for the Gemara, the Gemara says you're right. Not a good source for 14 days. Because you could say, So, we know we're in Nisan, but we don't know 14 days. Okay. Rather, Rabbi Barshimi says in the name of Ravina, This is Rav Shemming Amliel's source for 14 days. In the Midbar, in the second year, in the first month, makes the Pesach 
in its proper time. So we see, he spoke to him in the first month, in the month of Nisan, and he said, you should bring the carbon Pesach in its proper time, which was 14 days later. But again, how do we know that it was Rishchidosh when they spoke? What does the Pesach say? Clear. Let's get this clear. Hashem spoke to Moshe in the second year, in the first month. It doesn't say in the first of the month. It says in the first month. So still, granted, we're dealing with Nisan, but who says it's Rish Chaydesh? Who says it's the first day? And in order to say that you need to learn 14 days before Yom Tif, you're going to have to say that the teaching happened on Rish Chaydesh so that the Karban Pesach could be brought on the 14th. Okay? Same Kasha. Who's, maybe it's the 4th or 5th. El Amar Asya Midbar Mi Midbar. It's ultimately Exir Shava. Xivakab Midbar Sinai. It says it goes Brahu spoke to spoke to Maisha Bain of Bimidbar Sinai. Uksiv Hasam. And it says um elsewhere, okay, which is actually nine prokim earlier, beginning of uh of Bamidbar. By Dabashama Maish Bimidbar Sinai, but Oil Mayid Bechod. That was Rishchidesh of the second month. So the same way it uses the word Midbar Sinai. The first time it says the word by Midbar. It's referring to a day of Rishchidesh, not Nisan, Ir, but it was a day of Rishchidesh. Malalon, Rishchidesh, Afkan, Rishchidesh. So too the word Midbar is Rishchidesh. Okay, so bottom line. What's going to be the source for Shiming Amlil? That 14 days before a yomtif, you have to start learning the halachas. The answer is like this. We know the carbon Pesach was brought on the 14th day of Nisan. And we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Maishu Rabbeinu to tell him to teach us the halachas in the month of Nisan. How do we know that he instructed him to tell us on Rish Chaydash Nisan? That's from the Hekish of Bamidbar, Bamidbar. The same way that Bamidbar, the beginning of Sefer Bamidbar was Rish Chaydash. So too over here was Rish Chaydash Nisan. Hence, 14 days from Maisha's teaching to the Karban Pesach. Okay. Zog de Gemar. V'nichtoiv b'reisha d'chaydash nisan. V'hodar nichtoiv d'chaydash shen. Why is Bamidbar um, out of order? Gemar's kasha. Because in the psukim that we read, the Pasuk which said, Vayedaber Hashem HaMaisha B'midbar Sinai Vashona HaSheinis B'chaydash HaRishon That was Perek Tes in Sefer B'midbar. The second Pasuk of Vayedaber Hashem HaMaisha B'midbar Sinai B'ayel Mayer is the very first Pasuk of Sefer B'midbar which starts in the month of Iyar. Frek the Gemara Shaila, which is, why does Sefer B'midbar start with the month of Iyar, and then later on discuss a halacha that Maisha Rabbeinu taught us in the month of Nisan, a month prior. The Torah is out of order. That's the Gemara's, that's the Gemara's kasha. Why does Perak Tes follow Perak Aleph if Tes is really earlier in history? Answers the Gemara, Amar of Menashe Bar Tachlifa Mishmei Derav, Zot Omeret, Ein Muktim Uma Ochar Relax, 
The Torah is not necessarily written in a chronological order. The Torah is not necessarily in a chronological order. And therefore, the Torah has particular reasons why it's written in particular ways. It's actually fascinating to go through each thing to learn as to why. In order to have the Yurgim Omidosh Torah behind the Torah in its perfection needs to be written like this. Not necessarily in chronological orders because some halachas need to be written near each other. That teaches us added halachas, so on and so forth. So he says, relax. It's not the biggest deal if something that happened a month later is really written nine chapters early. Amar of Papa. This is true when you have two different topics. When you have two in Yonah. You should know when you have one Indian. You have one topic. Then, whatever happened first happened first, and whatever happened later happened later. And that has to be. You can't say that, oh, I'm telling you the story of Kairach. I'm telling you the story of Yosef. And Yosef and the brothers didn't like him, and he had a dream, and then, then they went down. Oh, what are you going to start saying? You know, Yosef was really a servant to Paro before the brothers even sold him. He says... This rule of Ein Mukta Bukha is talking about when you have one topic here, one topic here, it may not be necessarily in chronological order, but within one topic, the Torah will always be in the sequence of history. Because if you don't say that, Klalu Prat, whenever you have a Klalu Prat, a general word, and we'll, call, we'll translate it as uh, broad, okay? You have a Klal, you have a broader uh, expression. Uprat, and then you have a specific expression. In We know the rule is, if I say, um, everybody from the Dafyaymi Chabura is invited. Well, when I say everybody, that means everybody in the whole world. When I say from the Dafyaymi Chabura, that means only us learning Dafyaymi. Right? So I gave a general one and a specific. So whenever you have a klal, a broader expression, and then a specific expression, the specific expression is telling us what, how to understand the broader expression, that it's limited to what I just specified it to. Only the dafyami chabura is invited. Toma klalu pradu. But if you say it's not necessarily in a chronological order, who says it's a broader term followed by a specific term? Maybe it's a specific followed by a broader and it's just not in order. And, uh, and that changes the whole, the whole drasha. If you start out with a specific and then a broader, is a whole different drasha than when you start out with a broader than a specific. Vesu and Fetermor, furthermore, Pradukal, when you have a Pradukal, when something is specific, and then it gets, uh, and then it's, it's general, then it's, it's broader. Nasaklal Musav Maizvala Prat. We know the halacha is that the klal is adding on to the Prat. What do you mean? Maybe it's broad and then specific. It's messing up every type of drasha. And therefore, it must be that the only time we say is when I'm done with one topic, I move on to another topic. There you could say it's not, it's not necessarily in a chronological order, but when you're within one topic, it's always will necessarily be in, in chronological order. Says the if so, I feel betrayed in Yonanami. Why don't we say the same thing is true by two in Yonah, by two topics? It makes sense according 
to the man the Amar who says you can make a Kalu Prat even when they're far away from each other. Ain't done say the Kalu Prat shop here. There's no such thing. Okay, Peseder. It makes sense why, but there's no Mukta Mukta Batera because there's no such thing as making a Kalu Prat. Elman the Amar done him, I declare, but according to what he says, you can have a Kalu Prat even amongst two topics. So the same issue you have in one topic, oh, well, we don't know. Is it a Kalu Prat? Is it a Prat of Klal? Applies whether it's one topic or two topics. And for the Gemara, if you demand Omar done, and even according to the Omar who says that we can darshan a klal uprat from two separate parts, two separate topics, honey, I'm sorry, two separate parts of the Torah, two t- separate, the word I should be using over here is sections, two separate sections of the Torah, honey, mili bechad and yona. The man, the Omar who says you're allowed to darshan a klal uprat, which means I have a broader term and then a specific term. So the specific term, we know that the halacha is going to be limited to the specific term. Everybody in the Dafyemi Chaburah is invited. That means only people in Dafyemi Chaburah are invited. We're limited to the specific term. The Mandiyamaru says that works even when it's in two different sections of the Torah will hold as long as it's within one topic. Sometimes the Torah will give a topic, let's say, of Shabbos. Shabbos is throughout the Torah. Different parshias discuss Shabbos. So you can have a, a topic that discusses Shabbos. Beginning of the parsha, Beginning of the Torah. A few parshias later, we discuss Shabbos again. That's called one topic in two sections. One man, the Omar holds. You cannot darshan a kalu prat. Even though it's the same topic, two, de- two different sections of the Torah, no such thing. The other man, the Omar says, you can darshan a kalu prat. Because even though it's two different sections, it's still one topic. And he'll say, as well, let's hop around on this, Ein muktim will not be said on one topic. Not only does a topic within one section need to be in chronological order, even one topic spread out through multiple sections of Torah also must be in chronological orders, and that's why we can continue to darshan a klalu prat in, from one pasuk in Shabbos and Sefer Shemais to another pasuk in Shabbos and Sefer Vayikra. Because that will necessarily be in chronological order because it's one topic. I will betray in Yoni, ain't done. There's two different topics that we're not going to darshan. Period. Okay. Very interesting. Omar, Rabbi Yehuda Marav, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rav, a person who looks for chametz is also going to be obligated to be mevatel. So I go and I look for chametz. There's no more. Right? I mean, why am I looking for it? Just to find it and say, see you later? <laughs> okay, I found the Cheerio, leave it in the corner. No, no, you find it to get rid of it. Says Rabbi Yehuda Marav, Search for chametz and then nullify it. What? There's no more chametz. Nullify what? Ask the Gemara, my timer. What do you nullify? If you're going to say you got to nullify it because in case of the things that I missed, small little crumbs, you're not chayev for owning little crumbs on Pesach. Not so why would I be obligated to nullify something that's not us or to own? V'chitim, if you're going to say, that, oh, 
it's considered chashuv. It's not, it's not a bottle, even though it's a little crumb, because it's protected inside of a home. Okay? Rashi explains that something which, in its regular circumstance, is not chashuv, can gain chashivas by what a person gives it. So, for example, if, um, if uh, Rabbi Isaac Velvel has an anacle that uh, draws a picture of a stick man and sends it to you in the mail. Okay? So, to you that might mean something. It could be very valuable. To somebody else, it means absolutely nothing. There's, no, there's nothing sentimental with it. There's no value to it, right? So maybe, even though a crumb doesn't have intrinsic value, maybe by me locking my door and my crumbs are stuck inside now, maybe I'm showing, no, 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 I want to protect everything in my house, including the crumbs. Says the Gemara, no, that can't be. When you have the figs that are left on the tree, and a person keeps a fence up around his field because... Uh, he still has uh, grapes that still need to be done. Or he's guarding his field because of different melons and uh, and kishuim and squashes. If the balabayas still cares about these things in particular, then asura mishum gezel. No one's allowed to take these things, even though it's still left on the tree. And there's still a chi of meiser because it's not considered like it comes from hefker. Balabais is not makbir on them. He doesn't care about them. Mutar Mishum Gezel. Mutar Mishum Gezel is like a, it's a little oxymoron, right? Rabbi Hede Gemara is explaining if you take it, it's not stealing because it's hefker already. It's not considered Gezel. Upatura Mishum Isa can be put from Isa because it's like something that came from hefker. So too, when you have these crumbs on the floor, since the guy's not locking his house because of the crumbs, it still has no chashivas, like these leftover figs on the tree. If the owner is not particular about them, the owner's not makbid, so it has no chashivas. Same thing with the crumbs. Crumbs have no value. I, the owner's locking his door, yeah, he's not locking his door to protect the crumbs. He's locking the door to protect his valuables or to protect his family. So we're back to square one. Why are you checking for chametz and then nullifying it? What are you nullifying? You already searched it out. You got rid of your chametz. And for the Gemara, Amar Rava, Rava says, Gezeicha, it's a decree. Shema yimtza geluska Because we're concerned he may come across a geluska yofa. Geluska means like a chashava loaf of bread, yeah? Bedaite ilave, and he's going to want it. Gonna want it. Meaning Azoi. A guy searches for chametz. So now you have no more chametz. But what if you go to your suit during the Pesach Seder and you find your donut? He's like, oh, looks good. Ah, chocolate icing with sprinkles. It looks gewaldic. All of a sudden you got a problem. You know why? Because you have chametz in your domain and you didn't really nullify it because you just said, oh, this is great. This is geschmack. Right? So it's not a real bittel. Therefore, you got to be mevatalit, says the Gemara. So, so let him nullify it if you find. Why are we saying search and then automatically nullify? Instead, you know what Allah should be? If Tendler goes to his, his room to get a suit jacket and he finds a donut with chocolate uh, icing and sprinkles on top of it, then be mevatalit. 
Why do you got to make the whole Kla Yisrael be mevatel every time they search for chametz? Because one guy might find a donut. You know what I mean? So Gemara says, Doma Meshkach is Tayla Basa Yisura. No, maybe he's going to find it on Pesach itself. Velav Bershu Seikai. Veloy Matsi Mevatel. And it's no longer going to be his. It won't be Mevatel. What does that mean? The Yamar Rabbalazar. Rabbalazar says, let's explain. Shnei Devarim, there are two things. Einan Bershu Seisal Adam. That you don't really own. But the Torah makes it as if we do own it. I have an achrayis. As if it does, but I don't own it. Not mine. But the Torah makes it as if I do own it. The Eluhain. Barbashus Haravim. A pit in a public domain. The Chametz Mishay Shayusulamala. And Chametz after the sixth hour. Somebody walks onto Delmar with. A jackhammer. Jackhammer are these things like these drills into the road, right? Right? That they rip up pavement and stuff. Guy walks in the middle of the street and he digs a huge hole and walks away. And people and cars are flying by and they're bouncing up in the air. Popping tires, turning over. Is the guy chayv? No. I mean, yeah, but we would say, no, he's standing on the side of the road laughing. He thinks it's funny. And we're like, dude, it's not funny. You got to pay for all this. Just me? Why do I got to pay? Say, you made a hole. He says, it's not my hole. What's mine? Show me what's mine. My stuff's not damaging. (laughs) There happens to be a hole in the road. If somebody digs a hole in the road, does he own the hole? No. But the halacha is a barber shus harabim yurchayim. You put a stumbling block, you make a pit in a Rishus HaRabim, you're going to be chayiv. So if a person puts it over there, a person makes a, a person puts a, 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 something that can cause damage, you're going to be obligated, even though you don't own this. The Torah makes it as if you own it. That's number one. And number two is chametz that's not in my possession from the sixth hour and onward on Erev Pesach. I really have no kayach to nullify it. The chametz really needs to be nullified prior to the sixth hour. I said the Gemara of Nevatli Barba of Nevatli Bechamish. Okay, so why are we saying do bittel b'shas bedikas chametz? Why don't we say nullify it later on? After the Gemara, keep on the lavs mani suruhu, the lavs man biuruhu doma poshav lemevatale. We want to we want to make sure that you're doing it earlier as well. Okay, it's not the time of the of the iser. It's not the time of the destruction yet till the sixth hour. So we're concerned. Maybe he'll be paysheya. And he won't be mavatal, he'll totally forget to nullify his chametz. And therefore, at least the way Rashi explains, um, the halacha is to do bittal even immediately after bedikas chametz. Says the Gemara, v'nevatle b'shis, why are you being mavatal it by the top of tomorrow's daf? Why are you being mavatal it in the sixth hour? Why are you being mavatal it at bedikas chametz? Be mavatal it at the last possible moment. Because even midrabanon, you're not allowed to do it for an hour prior to the six. You're not allowed to derive any sort of benefit, and therefore midrabanon, it's like it's already out of my possession. And you won't be allowed to be mavatol it then, because again, you can't nullify something that is no longer considered yours. And be'ezus Hashem, on Matzi Shabbos, we will pick up from the Amar of Gidel which is going to be a proof to this concept.